Let's turn together in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It's going to be two short verses here in the book of Hebrews. The first one is 11, verse 4, uh, carrying this theme of Cain and Abel, and specifically the blood of Abel. Hebrews 11, verse 4, that's found on page 1,195. Hebrews 11, uh, verse 4, where, where we read this. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And then turn a few pages over to chapter 12. And then verse 24, 12 verse 24. Here speaking of the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And then finally verse 24 here. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And that's as far as reading together in Hebrews. We pray for the blessing of our God upon the preaching of his holy word. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, what kind of messages have you heard at a funeral? I imagine you could group funeral messages that you have heard into two categories, two buckets. The first category of messages that you've heard at funerals go something like this. The person who had died was such a wonderful, kind, caring person. It's more of a a eulogy talking about all the nice things that this particular individual did, how they'll be missed, and how God is going to accept this person into heaven because of all the wonderful good things that this person did while here on the earth. That message is really a kind word about the life of the deceased, assuming that everyone who is nice gets to go to heaven. That's the first category, the first kind of, of messages you hear at, at, at the funerals. The second a kind of messages that you would hear at a funeral would be the kind I hope you would expect to hear here at our church. The funeral is not about the person who died. The message at the funeral, the good news, is not found in the exemplary life that the one who died lived. No, the good news is found in Jesus Christ. The hope of the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the dead, and the life everlasting. The comfort that we find is not in the blood of the one who has died, but in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, why would I start this sermon about talking about funerals? The reason I'm talking about two different kinds of funerals is today, as we look at our passage, we are going to be attending two funerals. We're going to hear two funeral messages. The first message is going to be the message that Cain and his life spoke. The blood of, of, of Abel that was shed. And the second message is going to be the message that Jesus Christ speaks. And the message that his blood speaks to this day. So this evening, as we begin our series about sibling rivalries, we start with the first set of siblings in Genesis chapter 4. We're going to be looking at this theme, the blood of Jesus Christ 
speaks a word of comfort after the death of Abel. The blood of Jesus Christ speaks a word of comfort after the death of Abel. We're going to see today that not only is Adam going to bury his righteous son, Abel, the Heavenly Father is burying his righteous son as well. The blood of the martyrs speaks to this day. In our first point, then, we look at the context in which Abel's death is found. This is in Genesis chapter 4. What led up to his murder and what could have possibly been going on in in Cain's mind that he would hate his brother so severely that he would kill him. Our passage opens with two brothers. We have Cain. Cain is the older one. Uh, His name means gotten, uh, begotten, or or received. Uh, In this, Eve is saying, a male child has been given to me by the help of God, or I've received uh, this child from the Lord. The second born son, Abel, is also received. But Abel's name means breath or vanity, and even an emptiness. It speaks to the brevity of his life, as we're going to see in just a few moments. Now, these two brothers grow up and become as different as night and day. They become two priests who offer two separate sacrifices with two very different responses from God. So Cain, as the older brother, is the first priest, and he starts off his work as being a farmer, a very praiseworthy occupation. And at the appointed time in Genesis 4, verse 3, Cain brings his sacrifice and offering of fruits. Next, we are introduced to Abel. He is the shepherd, also praiseworthy occupation. But Abel, the shepherd, brings his sacrifice in 4, verse 4, Genesis 4, verse 4. Now, the contrast between these two sacrifices is very striking. Where Abel brings a firstborn of his flock and fat portions of it. So Cain, we are to see here, Cain brings a small leftover, no first fruits and no abundance. But Abel, he brings the first, he brings the best, and he brings abundance. Now seeing these two priests with their two separate sacrifices, God looks upon them and perceives what lives in their hearts. Receiving the sacrifice, the offering of Abel, because Abel is offering a sacrifice from a heart of thanksgiving. Abel has a heart of faith. Abraham believes in God, trusts in God, and depends on God. And his gratitude grows out of that truth, out of that thanksgiving, and he offers a rich, generous portion. But not so Cain. Although Cain believed that God exists, Cain does not believe in God, nor does he trust in God. Therefore, Cain is spoken to by the Lord. He's rebuked. 4 verse 7, Cain, be wary, be warned, Cain. Sin is crouching at the door of your heart. Sin is like a lion ready to pounce. Cain, if you do not master your sin, sin will master you and consume you. So Cain goes home sullen and angry. His sacrifice not received, his prayers not 
heard and answered. While Abel went home justified, receiving the pleasure of God. And although both brothers are sinners, born and conceived in sin, one is atoned for, while the other is not. One has a heart of faith that leads to obedience, that is pleasing and acceptable to God, a sacrifice of praise, while the other is angry, sullen, and stingy. And he goes home in anger. Now notice the development that is found in our passage, the development of this sin. And we've seen this development many times. It's a theme that runs through Scripture. The development of sin in Cain's heart. is It starts with, with envy, blossoms to anger, to murder, and then deceit, trying to hide his sin. Cain is overcome by his anger, and he commits murder calculated as he invites his brother to help him in the field. He kills his younger brother by trickery and then he tries to hide it by way of deceit. Now in order to to dig into the motivation of Cain's heart, why would Cain do this? Why would he kill his younger brother? 1 John 3 verse 12 explains it this way. 1 John 3 verse 12. The reason that Cain killed his brother Abel is because Abel's actions were righteous and Cain's actions were evil. The righteous works of Abel, his pleasing sacrifice, only serves to expose the wickedness and rebellion living in Cain's heart. There is a a direct application to today in this truth. One of the reasons the world hates the church, the reason the world hates Christians, is because the life of the Christian, the righteous, holy living of those who are following Jesus Christ, expose the sin, the wickedness, the deceit that lives in the hearts of those who are rebellious. So the rebellious son kills the obedient son because the obedient son's actions exposed his own sin. Instead of humbling himself, instead of repenting of his sin, he silences or he seeks, he tries to silence the voice that condemned him. And thus Abel becomes the first martyr. Abel is the first righteous man killed because of his faith. Our reading says in in Genesis 4, verse 10, that the blood of Abel cried out to God. So when Abel was killed, his head struck and the blood flowing from his head into the ground, the ground opens its mouth, personification, the ground opens its mouth, receives the blood of Abel, And Cain thought, well, I can hide this. I can silence Abel by killing him. And the blood drains into the earth, hiding the proof. I've got away with it. God asks him, Cain, where is your brother? Cain's response, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? But the Lord clearly says, and he clearly sees, The blood of Abel, your brother, is crying out. 
I hear the voice of your brother's blood, and it's crying out. Now, what does the voice of Abel say? What does the blood of Abel declare? Well, remember, this is after Abel had been killed. This is the first murder. It was the first time man took the life of fellow man, and that being his brother. So in the death of Abel, as his blood drains from his body, Abel's blood is crying out, Avenge me! Abel's blood is crying out, Guilty! Murderer! His blood speaks a condemning word. Cain, you are cursed. You thought you could silence the truth by killing me, but now my blood speaks even though I'm dead. You are a sinner who stands condemned, cursed by God. What is taking place here is the seed of the serpent is taking the life of the seed of the woman, trying to silence the testimony, the preaching, but it only serves to highlight his own sin. Thus Cain is cast out. And the fact becomes clear. Cain, you are a rebel. And the reason your sacrifice was not pleasing to God is because your heart is not right with God. What kind of a priest could Cain be who hated his brother? and did not trust in God as he ought. Cain was an unfit priest, thus his sacrifice was not pleasing. The only sacrifice that is pleasing to God, if anyone would approach God, you must believe that God is, and that he rewards those who seek him. The only sacrifice that God would accept for atonement is one of a pure, holy, spotless lamb. And although Abel was a, a righteous man, he was killed. And his blood cries out, Vengeance! Avenge me! Make it right! Well, now that we've looked at our first point, then how Cain's sacrifice was not acceptable and Abel's was because Abel was a man of faith, we move on to our second point by looking at how uh, the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, builds upon this first act of murder the taking of the life of a brother, to bring us to Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood. So we read in Hebrews 11, verse 4, that although Abel is dead, he still speaks. Some, I don't know, four, six, ten thousand years ago, whenever it was that Abel was killed, he doesn't stop speaking. Abel is preaching to this day. And you know what Abel is preaching? He says this. He says, The just shall live by faith, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Something that Cain didn't understand. Abel's blood cries out for vengeance. You are a sinner. You are a rebel. You stand condemned. 
His blood proclaims a a verdict of condemnation, a wicked rebel that needs to be removed from the presence of God. Remember what happened to Cain. Cain was sent out. He could not dwell with the rest of his family. He could not dwell in the presence of God. He was cast out. Sin had mastered him. That's why his offering was rejected. That's why he took the life of his brother. His heart was rebellious. And the fact that he took his brother's life proves his wickedness and his deceitful heart. This is just one brief application. You cannot trick God. Cain was pretending to be a good priest. He was going through the motions. He was offering a sacrifice. You cannot trick God. You cannot deceive God. God looks at your heart. He knows what lives within you. He could see that Cain was motivated by wickedness and deceit, and therefore his actions were rejected. God peers to the heart of man. And God will avenge. And he will make it right. We find a similar teaching in Revelation 6, verse 10. In Revelation 6, verse 10, that's where the souls of the martyrs, those who had been killed for their faith, the souls of the martyrs are under the throne and they are crying out. Although they are dead, they had been killed for their faith, they're still preaching. They're still declaring. And you know what the souls of the martyrs are crying out? They are crying out this. How long, Lord, until you come judge the earth? How long, Lord, until you avenge our blood? How long until you take that sword out of the sheath and execute justice on this earth for taking the life of righteous men and women? The souls of the martyrs continue to cry out as the blood of Abel cries out. Will not the judge of the earth do what is right? Will he not avenge the blood of his righteous saints? But what about the blood of Jesus? What does the blood of Jesus declare? What is the blood of Jesus crying out? Well, Jesus like Abel, was killed by his brothers. Jesus, the righteous holy priest who lived an upright life, killed by his brothers. And like Abel, the blood of Jesus speaks. We read in Hebrews 12, verse 24, this. Hebrews 12, 24, The sprinkled blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So if the blood of Abel is speaking murderer, if the blood of Abel is saying, Lord, avenge me, make it right, what is the blood of Jesus declaring? Well, in the context of Hebrews chapter 12, we read of Jesus, the righteous one, being made perfect, that he is the mediator of a new covenant. In some ways, the death of Abel, being the first death after the fall into sin, is proof that the first covenant, the covenant of creation, had been broken. 
the shedding of the blood of Abel is putting on display man has fallen, man is rebellious, man cannot keep God's commandments, wickedness lives in our hearts. So Abel's death is proof. The first covenant, the covenant of creation, had been broken. Man cannot by his works make himself right with God. Exclamation point, Abel's death. But the blood of Jesus, that is the blood of a new covenant. Not the covenant of works, the covenant of grace. Because brothers and sisters, we need a better priest, a better sacrifice. Instead of seeing ourselves in Abel, we should see ourselves in the actions of Cain. By nature, we are Cain. Our hands are stained with blood. We are guilty. We sin in various times, in various ways, hating, being hated, lying, deceiving, doing all sorts of things that make us guilty. So we need a priest who is perfectly righteous. And we need a priest who isn't dead. Because although Jesus Christ died like Abel died, Jesus Christ is the better priest because he rose again and he lives to intercede. So Jesus Christ is a better priest because he not only died, but he rose again, conquering death, never to die again. Living even now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, praying for us. And concerning his sacrifice, the sacrifice that Abel brought was a sacrifice of blood, but it was a sacrifice that would need to be continued again and again and again and again. Through the shedding of the blood of animals, there is no forgiveness. But the shedding of the blood of the pure, spotless Passover lamb, Jesus Christ's own body, as we celebrated this morning, the shedding of his blood, is in this blood that there is forgiveness and grace. Abel was a righteous man, but he was killed. Abel's blood cries out for vengeance. Jesus is a righteous man who was killed, but he rose again, and the blood of Jesus cries out pardon, forgiveness. Ransom has been made. The blood of Jesus is better because the blood of Jesus is the blood of of someone who lives. A perfect sacrifice. The blood of Jesus cries out mercy, forgiveness, grace, reconciliation. Abel's blood says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Abel's blood says, those who approach him must worship him, must believe that he is, and that he rewards those who seek him. Jesus' blood is powerful to do what Cain's work could not perform, what Abel's blood could not atone for, because the blood of Jesus secures the necessary faith so that in him we might become holy priests who offer ourselves now as a living sacrifice of praise, holy, pleasing 
and acceptable to our God. You see, brothers and sisters, Cain knew that God was real. Cain did not doubt the existence of God. Cain actually spoke. He heard the voice of God. But he didn't believe. And thus his sacrifice was not acceptable. We have a perfect priest, better than Abel, who not only lived a perfect life and offered his life as a sacrifice, dying once for all for the complete forgiveness of all our sins, he lives to apply the works that he has performed. As we close, it is a striking truth to remember that blood speaks. Although we may not hear it or we may not like what death has to say, the fact that you and I are all rushing towards the grave is a constant reminder. Life is short. Death is coming. Your works cannot make you right with God. Are you ready? That's what our death That's what the death of others, that's what the death of Abel even pronounces. You deserve punishment. Abel's blood says, look what you have done. You are guilty. You deserve condemnation. But Jesus' blood says, look what I have done. You are forgiven. Your sins are washed away. So this evening we have attended two funeral services. The funeral message for Abel was this. You are a sinner who deserves God's wrath. His blood cries out, murderer. The second funeral message we heard, we heard at Calvary. It was a better message. A message of hope. A message of good news. You can be pardoned. Your sins can be forgiven. You have been atoned for. What was necessary has been provided because you can now be at peace with God believing that He is because of this better word. So the blood of Jesus Christ speaks a word of comfort after the death of Abel. Praise God for the blood of the new covenant that we might hear a message of peace and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this stirring reminder that we are conceived and born in sin guilty, transgressors, murderers. Yet the blood of Jesus Christ speaks a better word, the blood of the new covenant where we find forgiveness and grace. May we learn to trust in Christ, the perfect priest and the perfect sacrifice, who has secured the forgiveness of all our sins. We pray this in his name. Amen. Our hymn of response is 426. 426. How vast the benefits divine which we in Christ possess 426 let's stand and sing together
Our offering of thanksgiving will now be collected and is for cadets, 